0: Hey, I'm Ashley McGee. I'm a health coach, military officer, and military spouse. I'm passionate about helping military women live their happiest and most abundant lives by improving their health. If you're looking for actionable tips and tricks to get healthier while balancing your hectic life, you're in the right place. Welcome to the Healthy Women Warriors podcast. Ashley McGee, and I am super excited to be joined by LaQuista Irina, a therapist, military veteran, and she's here to talk health, wellness, mental health, and I'm super, super excited to have her. Thank you so much for being here. No, thank you, Ashley, for having me. I'm so excited to be here as well. I spoiled it a little bit, but I do always like to start by asking my guests, what is your connection to the military?
1: Oh, yes. So my my connection to the military. So I am a Army veteran. I've been in the military for about 21 years, started out as a reservist, deployed two times to Iraq, and then I went AGR, Active Guard Reserves, and then back to the reserves. And finally, I'm at retirement. So my retirement packet is up. So technically, I'm still in the reserves, Army reserves, but mm-hmm. that retirement packet is um, up, and I'm just super excited to start this next chapter. Um, I'm also a former military spouse, so my ex-husband was active duty, well, AGR as well. So military has just kind of been like the in my life. Um, my mom was in the military, so mm-hmm. I kind of carried that tradition, and now my sister. My middle sister um, went active duty a couple of years ago, so I'm super proud of her.
0: That's so cool. Also, I have to say, like, I cannot believe you're at <laughs> over 20 years. You you look incredible. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I was a baby when I joined. I, I, did, I joined, um, my mom had to sign for me because I wasn't
0: 18 yet. Oh, wow. And yeah, the time goes by really fast. Yeah, that's incredible. I remember at the very beginning of my career, I immediately started investing in like good skincare because I was like, I'm never going to let the Navy show on my face. <laughs> well, you look good too. Shoot. <laughs> Thank you. I'm only at about 10 years at this point, but it's all good fun. You've transitioned now and you have your own practice as a therapist, right?
1: Correct. So I started my, so, I left active duty AGR in 2017, the -hmm. same time my ex-husband and I got PCS orders to Fort Dix, New Jersey. And so in that transition, I didn't have a job, wasn't looking for a job, wasn't interested. I was completing my doctorate program and I was like, well, let me, let me just try. Like, I don't Mm -hmm. really want to like find a job, but actually it's a funny story it was a I saw an advertisement if Fort Dix is in New Jersey so it's mm-hmm. like in the middle of nowhere and I saw a job um, posting for psychological health outreach um, on Fort Dix um, with mm-hmm. the Navy mm-hmm. and Marines and I was like I'm just gonna apply just you know so my husband I think you know I'm, I'm like really trying to find a job and I'm like they're never gonna call me and what happened was they called me and the job was just too perfect to kind of turn down. It mm. was, I got to work remotely, like two to three days a week. It was working with Navy and Marine Reservists, um, connecting them to mental health and um, services in the community. And I was like, okay, I can do this. And like, this can fund my, my private practice. Mm -hmm. same time I found an office so the stars were aligned like I got the blessings from the heavens and I was like okay it's go time and I sat there started my private practice for six months and I maybe had like two clients (laughs) I was like what what is going on here like I I had no idea about starting a business like I You go to school, they teach you about therapy, they teach you how to do these things, but they don't teach you how to do a business. So um, (laughs) (laughs) it was was very interesting. And I think I, you know, with my training wheels on, I kind of found my way and was able to turn it around to a successful practice. I was full and, you know, had plenty of clients and was doing really well. So yeah, I've learned a lot along the way, but it is difficult being a military spouse active duty family trying to start a business and mm-hmm. just balance and on top of that complete my doctorate program so yeah I was all over yeah. that.
0: that's that's a lot to balance absolutely <laughs> yeah. how were you like initially attracted to um mental health and therapy was there is there something like in your background or was, were you just always kind of drawn to help people that way yeah I think I've
1: always been like a helper um i I actually after my first deployment to Iraq when I came back so this is like two thousand and three when like everything was really kicking off, and mm-hmm. my job was postal, which wouldn't seem like a uh, like dangerous job, but if you think about it, everyone needs and wants their mail and so we were one of the first ones out like. We didn't have running water. We didn't have toilets. We we had nothing. And it was horrible. I just remember my unit, like we were all so young, like babies, like 20 and below (laughs) going over here. A lot of us kind of struggled when we came back. We saw a lot of things. And so I lost a couple friends to suicide and just mental illness. And Mm -hmm. I knew I didn't want that. Um, for myself and I didn't want to continue to see friends go it wasn't actually until like my second deployment um, I went back to the same war (laughs) in 2007 Mm -hmm. I was like yeah this is difficult like this this cycle is going to continue like we're going in and out and people aren't talking, especially like veterans, military, that stigma surrounding mm-hmm, me. And so mm-hmm. When I came back the second time, you know, I had a young son. I had a husband who I had left for like a year and I was diagnosed with PTSD, anxiety and depression. I didn't know what to do. Mm-hmm. And I went to the VA and got help from a um, social worker. I was going to the vet center. That sentence working with a social worker and it really kind of changed my life around. And at that point I said, okay, I'm gonna get my master's in social work. Cause me as a veteran, I know I can connect to other people who understand. Because as you know, being in the Navy, like it's something about talking to someone who really understands like your unique circumstances. Absolutely. So, USC had an amazing online program, uh, master's program for social work, and they had an emphasis on military and veteran services, and mm-hmm. so um, that's how I kind of got into that. For whatever reason, like, people always to come sit in my office, like, even before I went into therapy, and just tell me all their stuff. <laughs> I don't know why they think I have such great advice, which therapy is not advice it is it is actual um evidence based like um work that we do, but people just seem to open up to me, and I think you know just having that rapport and that camaraderie with this mm-hmm. community you know mm-hmm. just made it a natural fit.
0: I love that. You may not know this, but I actually hate going grocery shopping. That's why I swear by Thrive Market. I love that they share my values like sustainable sourcing, and I'm able to get high-quality, non-perishable pantry items at a discount. And hey, it gets shipped to my door. Grab the link in the show notes for a 25% discount off your first order. Happy shopping! I imagine that it's, it's helpful to have an ally, right? Because so often, and I, there's so many myths and stigmas about, you know, if you seek any sort of mental health care, it's going to affect your career. I, I'm dual military as well. My husband is a pilot and like, good God, getting aviators years to go to the doctor is oh, yes. flipping ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. Like, and he's getting close to retirement. So I'm like, okay, now you, you have to get all of this stuff documented for the VA. Like, you have to do this. Yes, but, absolutely. Yeah. So what's the best way to, to help people kind of overcome that stigma or, or break through the myths regarding mental health, especially alongside like military service or even being you know in the spouse community as well?
1: Right. And I think there is a big push, especially now with COVID and so many people kind of, you know, struggling with anxiety Mm -hmm. and the fear of the unknown and all of these things are outside of our control that um, it's okay to talk to someone. So I always, always, when someone calls my office or sends me an email, even if I'm full, because I'm currently full right now always say you know good good for you like um taking this first step and just Mm -hmm. calling and inquiring about services I know that was a big thing especially Mm -hmm. like in the Black community I mean I don't know if you could tell but I'm a um, Black woman and you know in our community it is so incredibly hard Mm-hmm. to break down those walls of that stigma and mm-hmm. to seek uh, mental health treatment because we're taught the same as in the military. So it's like this parallel that you keep your business to yourself. Um, mm-hmm. You don't talk about these things. Like you said, like it can affect your career mm-hmm. um, being in the military. But I think it's more leaders who have been in for, you know, several years, they're starting to recognize that. And I think the new generation of military service members, they're they're pretty much all in. Um, this generation about, they're all in about therapy. So when mm-hmm. I was working the PHOP program, which is the psychological health outreach program, mm-hmm. um, the young military service members, Marines, um, Navy, they would come to my office and they would say, Hey, I need help. And if you think about a young Marine, coming to get mental health treatment or to say, Hey, I need help. That's a big deal. And I think part of that actually comes from their leadership saying, Hey, Mm -hmm. it's okay. Like back in the day when I was, when I was like your age, like that was a no, no, because it was a, it was a showstopper for your career. And like, with your husband being a pilot, I -hmm. definitely understand they don't (laughs) want to do anything that's going to prevent them from being able to fly. And I actually work with a lot of wing units. And so I think, you know, just educating, talking about it more, Mm -hmm. um, the military spouse community as well. I see so many spouses um, just searching for, you know, searching for something, searching Mm -hmm. for that friend that we're moving constantly from PCS and from place to place. Um, you have to kind of start over, build these friendships and these bonds. You may be isolated from like your families. Mm-hmm. Um, your spouse may be deployed in your home with these children and don't have that support. So mm-hmm. finding someone you can talk to and what you trust. So if not a mental health professional, like having that network, community. So getting involved in your local community, a lot of these spouse organizations or, you know, just whatever you have on your base. And finding out what services are available. I find that a lot of people don't even know that they have access to mental health treatment Mm -hmm. um, outside of, you know, TRICARE, which TRICARE does cover um, mental health therapy. And you can do telehealth so you don't actually have to get up and leave your home. So if you have children, have all these things, you can do it remotely just how we're doing now. You're in California. And I'm here in Georgia. There's so many different resources out there. So knowing what's available, talking to like the people you trust and then, you know, creating that balance, like in your life, like putting yourself first. So Mm -hmm. self-care is not selfish. Mm -hmm. Um, yes yes yes, girl and what we tend to do is um, we take care of everybody else but we don't take care of ourselves Mm -hmm. and so when you get on an airplane the first thing they tell you when they're doing the announcement is put your mask on first before you assist anyone else even Mm -hmm. small children because if you're passed out your child won't pass out too Mm because I mean Gonna help them at that point, and so it's the same thing. Like in your life, you cannot do it all at the same time. It's it's just impossible. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Yeah, you you can't pour from an empty cup, right? And right, it's fascinating to me how how quickly we kind of let ourselves be become the the back priorities. I was actually pleasantly surprised, though. You know, talking about the way things are changing in the military. So, we just got done with a 5 week school, the Navy school, and there was a wellness segment in it. At one point, you know, the CO asked like, okay, like, you know, who who in here has experience meditating or like meditates regularly? And I practice transcendental meditation. I was I was 100% expecting to be the only person to raise my hand. But there were like I want to say maybe a third of the class and I was one of three women in the class right so the vast majority of the people were men in the military and I just I've never seen a guy like one of my peers say yeah I practice meditation it is a lifesaver I love it I'm like this is awesome (laughs) it is and you know I think it's going more mainstream
1: like creating that balance So, Mm -hmm. like if you notice like the NFL in the NBA they Mm -hmm. have actually started I don't know when it became effective maybe a couple years back where all the teams have to have like a um a mental health professional on staff Mm. to help with that and then when you talk about wellness like yoga is really huge Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. I'm I'm actually doing like my yoga teacher certification because they yeah, they were giving away um, scholarships through Yoga Alliance to to promote like Black wellness in the field due to COVID, and um, so many people signed up for it. They were so overwhelmed with how many people. But yoga and therapy actually works really well. There are so yeah. many therapists who incorporate that into their practice, and that's mm. something I'm looking to do. Um, on down the line, you know, I hope to be able to have a full like wellness center. So, not only focusing on like the therapy piece, but like the wellness. Cause, you know, once you're dealing with your stuff, like whatever issue that is kind of bothering you, you have to know how to live well um, mm-hmm. to be able to and continue like on your path. And so, it's so important that we kind of teach this and teach our babies too, cause they're like watching, yeah. you know, and being in in the house, I'm like, okay, I need to get my life together, get back in shape. Because I admit like, um, at the beginning of this pandemic, I was eating up everything, not doing anything, but like sleeping and watching Netflix. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you know what? Uh, I feel sluggish. I don't feel good. Mm-hmm. And so I started back working out, like meditating, journaling, and my mm-hmm. four-year-old He's right there beside me, like doing it, and that. so it'll be normal for them growing
0: up as they mm-hmm. see us practicing these things. That's huge. Thinking about how how we're shaping the future generations, and I think that's so cool. You're looking at combining the the yoga with your practice because of that, like that mind body connection, right? And we we carry so much trauma in our bodies, and we don't even realize it until you know, you're in downward dog and you start crying. <laughs> yeah. 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 That's one thing that,
1: um, so with clients, we do like an emotional check-in. Mm-hmm. And, um, sometimes like, well, it's really hard to do like virtually, but we still try to do it. But when, you know, I had my office, I would, I could, you can kind of just tell that someone is just heavy when they come in, especially if they're mm-hmm. coming in for therapy and they're like holding all the stuff inside for a week. I'm like, let's do an emotional check-in. Like, what are you feeling? Oh, I have a headache and my stomach. Like, I haven't been able to eat. Well, where's that coming from? Like, what is kind of going on with you? Because, like you said, we carry all this stuff in our bodies. Yeah. A lot of anxiety translates to a lot of gut issues. So mm-hmm. that, yeah, that bubbly stomach, the mm-hmm. knots, like all of that, um, tension, which wrecks your whatever. immune system. Yeah, mm-hmm. so inside have to teach clients you have to pay attention and listen to these signs if there's nothing medically wrong with you it's probably something you're not dealing with that is kind of manifesting um physically
0: yeah i do want to ask you you know being black woman also a woman in the military and then seeking that treatment health equity is a huge issue I'm curious what your experiences were, you know, going through that system, if you felt if you felt seen, if you felt cared for, and how that experience has shaped your practice moving forward. Right. And I'm so glad
1: you asked that because health equity, um, especially with Black women, there's this belief or like the standard in medicine is that you know black women have this high tolerance for pain and there's been research and you know studies to kind of prove that you know doctors kind of discount um our our pleas for help um if you yeah. think back to Serena Williams when she had her baby now this is Serena Williams like <laughs> she's telling the people something's not right something's uh-huh. wrong and uh-huh. they're oh you're fine You know, they just kind of brush it off. And I absolutely have experienced that in the VA. Fortunately for myself, I'm able to speak up for myself and advocate for myself. Like I Mm -hmm. know, I know I can go to like a patient advocate. I know I can make noise. I know I can request a different provider, Mm -hmm. but so many people don't know this. They feel like they're just kind of stuck and it really makes them shut down. And so one particular time I went to the VA because like I, you know, I've been very honest about having PTSD before in the past and I was just having like a really bad day. It wasn't, you know, suicidal. I didn't, me as a therapist, I know, you know, I know what constitutes like someone being, needing to be. Um, sent for inpatient treatment Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. I was just talking to this this doctor this psychiatrist and I was saying you know I'm so overwhelmed like I have my son he has autism just like it was just one of those days (laughs) where it was just so overwhelming and the next thing I know is three people come into the office Mm -hmm. and I'm looking and I'm thinking like my spidey senses went off and I'm like, why are these people here? Like did something happen? And then they started asking me like all these questions. I was like, Oh, they really think <laughs> they're going to, um, try to admit me or something. And I was like, no, absolutely not. And I got up and I walked out mm. and this doctor actually called the cops <laughs> on me and had them follow me. Um, it was, and at that point I had a full on panic attack. Like, why would you do that? And I couldn't even like wrap my mind around like just doing that to one of my clients. Like I'm very open and communicate, you know, before I make any decisions, even beforehand. If we, your safety is always like my concern. Mm -hmm. But what that showed me was you're not listening to me. Mm -hmm. I'm telling you you know my autistic son is having a moment he was actually with me at the appointment like you can see that i'm overwhelmed but this is my life like i don't need you to feel sorry for me i i did none of that what you did was you overstepped your boundaries and i ended up you know going to the local mobile crisis team and i was like listen i just can you put this lady's mind at ease i i am not Suicidal. I'm not these things. This is what happened. And the the intake person who was working with me, she was a she was a social worker, I think, as well. And she was like, "Well, I was, you know, I was really nervous about coming and talking to you because I would think you would try to get out of it because you know, excuse me, you know, kind of um, what I'm gonna ask." I was like, "No, this is exactly what I said. This is what happened." She was like, "Yeah, she overreacted." Mm-hmm. And Luckily, this was another black female who actually listened to me and she was like, you know, this is, you know, why it's so hard for people to want to seek treatment because people overreact because they know I'm a veteran. Mm -hmm. They know I have like, I have a a weapon, like I have, I'm licensed to carry Mm -hmm. and you hear weapon veteran, I'm overwhelmed. And you automatically think, okay, she's going to do something you didn't talk to me, you didn't ask the questions. And Mm -hmm. so I, I'm very, very protective of my clients. I Mm -hmm. always, always let them know that anything I do is for your safety, but I use my best clinical judgment. And I talk to you, I'm not going to do anything behind your back. I'm going to let you know what I'm going to do before I do it. And hopefully we can, you know, work something out talk about it talk through it because just because you're feeling down
0: Mm -hmm. or you
1: may have this low moment or feeling hopeless that doesn't mean you're gonna act upon it or that you know you're gonna do something and a lot of people kind of get that
0: confused Mm -hmm. well I think too in in our societies we've gotten in this habit where we don't trust ourselves when it comes to our own health Right. We don't know how to advocate for ourselves. And so it's instead of actually listening, right? We become these just like check, you know, check in the box. Like, okay, do you do you fit these demographics or do you fit these, you know, symptoms or whatever? And then okay, if these boxes are checked, then I do this thing rather than saying, okay, like let me actually connect with this person, think about. What they need and communicate with them and a lot like empower them to be a part of their own healing.
1: Absolutely. And you know, it's funny you say that because when I'm, you know, we had an influx of people seeking therapy during COVID. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of the normal like assessments we do to, you know, just assess for like anxiety or depression, I mean, what is going on? Everyone is anxious. Everyone yeah. may. the criteria of like depression because we've been in the house since March and so Mm -hmm. I'm like yeah we're you scored really high on this but outside of this moment, kind of what is going on? Because we could just, we'll all check all the boxes based on COVID along with basically being in the house, sleeping all the time, like changing appetite, not Mm -hmm. connecting with friends, but you Mm -hmm. have to think outside of that, what else is going on? How long has this been going on? Do you, honestly, do you think it's, just related to COVID or is it something else? And one Mm -hmm. thing that COVID did was it shined a light on a lot of things people weren't dealing with before Mm -hmm. because we're so busy.
0: we don't have
1: that um, work-life balance. And Mm so when you're forced to be at home and sit with nothing but your thoughts, um, you have time to think about some things.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I've been finding that too. I've I've had a couple clients that have had to go, you know, they've either recently um deployed or they're, you know, going to schools or whatever so they've had to quarantine and they're like <laughs> we're doing yeah. mindset work as they're in a two week quarantine. They're like this is really hard. Yeah. I can't go anywhere. Yeah. Yeah, but it's it's such important work, you know, even with as much uncertainty you know, with everything that's going on in our society right now, I think there's a lot of catalyst for real change that's going to ultimately you know benefit our our society. i I have to have hope in that, <laughs> yeah. you know, but um yeah, it's it is an interesting time we're living in for sure, but i'm I'm glad that people are finally taking the time to slow down to reflect, and go, okay, maybe there's some things here I need to deal with. And mm-hmm. understanding too, right? Like when it comes to mental health, when it comes to therapy, like it doesn't, it doesn't mean you're broken. It doesn't mean something's wrong with you. Like we all have stuff that we need to unpack and deal with. It's part of being human. <laughs> right.
1: Absolutely. And a lot of that stuff, I, I always tell people I said stop picking up stuff that don't belong to you like you got your own stuff you're like picking up all this stuff like your back is gonna break like you have all of this stuff you haven't even dealt with your own crap Mm -hmm. Um, stop picking up that stuff it doesn't belong to you like this stuff is outside of your control Mm -hmm. like all of the stuff that you know, happened because of the quarantine, this pandemic, mm-hmm. we have absolutely no control over it. So, uh, like, don't focus on that. Like, focus on what you can control within yourself. Um, and it, it's been a struggle for those people who um, like to be in control. Mm-hmm. So not knowing, not being able to plan, like, it, it's hard yeah. for a lot of people. hmm
0: I've just I'm the extrovert so like there have been times I've called my husband I'm like I am not okay uh I think as soon as the quarantine happened I actually I bought like one of those boyfriend pillows which is basically a torso with an arm so I could feel like spooned uh (laughs) just as a coping mechanism because I was like oh I I can't even hug my friends anymore I need I need something but uh you know as we kind of wrap up here I would love to hear you know do you have any tips or advice for people that are looking or either curious about therapy or you know concerned about impact on their work or you know anyone that's kind of looking to get into therapy? I realized that that was a terribly worded question, but I'm gonna go yeah. with it. <laughs> <laughs> I, look it's what
1: like seven something of um, yeah. your time yeah, yeah. 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 I'm so <laughs> out here. <laughs> That is okay. Um, So, if anyone is interested in therapy, like, I would say do your research. So, Mm -hmm. there are lots of different directories online where you can kind of find a therapist. Um, You can filter for, you know, race, gender, um, affiliation, like military. So, like, a lot of military families want someone who has worked with military Mm -hmm. or has been in the military before. Um, Black therapists are really big right now because people want to talk and connect to someone who looks like them. Mm-hmm. Um, so you're not having to explain like all of the cultural nuances that kind yeah. of go into that and you feel like someone is actually listening to you. Yeah. Um, I think that's great, but you can you, there's so many different diverse um, platforms to search. For those things, what, whatever it may be, if you want a mm-hmm. woman, if you want a man, if you want someone who is LGBTQ friendly, um, you can do that. I would also say, don't be afraid to try out a few therapists. So just because you go in for an initial session, it mm-hmm. doesn't mean you're stuck with that person. So this is going to be one of the most important relationships and most intimate relationships you will have. So it's really important that you feel comfortable um, Mm -hmm. talking to this person. And if you go and it's not a good fit, it's not a good fit. It's like you both were making sure it's going to be a beneficial um, relationship. So Mm -hmm. as therapists, we don't take it personal because this is about you and your journey. So if you need to find someone else, um, find someone else, but be honest with yourself. So if you're hopping from therapist to therapist to therapist, and you can't really settle on a person, then maybe Mm you need to do some self-reflection and see if you're even ready. So if you're not ready for therapy, it's not going to work. So therapy isn't there to fix you. Like you said, like some people are looking for a fix. Um, It's really like a journey that you're on and you're just getting the tools you need to be able to process and figure Mm -hmm. out kind of which direction to go. So a therapist is not going to fix you. You have to do the work. You have to do the homework. And, you know, if you have any questions about it, don't don't be ashamed to ask and even talk, you know, to your friends or trusted individuals about just wanting to go to therapy. You may find that they're feeling the same way. Um, a lot of people feel isolated, like, okay, no one I know goes to therapy, but it's yeah. so many people who have therapists, mm-hmm. and if you don't know, you don't know, so mm-hmm. just do your research is probably, like, the biggest concern mm-hmm. that um, I would say needs to be addressed, because if you're just randomly picking someone just because they happen to be close to, like, your office. It may not be a good match. Like I'm not a good match for a lot of people, but for some people, I'm awesome. Some people, we just may not, may not work. Yeah,
0: that's. I mean, I think that's really helpful. I I've definitely had experiences where like I you know went to therapy and like it wasn't like the best fit. It, I I got out of it. I guess ultimately what I needed, but it, yeah. But I I like carry that guilt of like, well, I don't, I don't want to like ask for someone else, but uh, yeah, that's really helpful. (laughs) Yeah. And just
1: so you know, like most therapists should, you know, be open to like, even if you're uncomfortable with something they say, or Mm -hmm. you feel like you're not getting something from them, they should be Mm -hmm. okay with you saying that Um, because we're human too. Most therapists I know, myself included, has either been in therapy or currently have a therapist themselves. And so we all, you know, need someone to kind of process these things with. Mm-hmm. And sometimes, you know, it just it it just may be off. But then like you said, sometimes it it may just be, okay, I need a new person. Mm-hmm. This isn't working for me, but I'm glad to know that you got what you needed to get out. <laughs> that situation but don't be afraid next time if you ever find yourself in need so just speak up or you know just say hey I want to go with someone else or you know we get ghosted a lot um, I don't take any offense to it you know after a couple of sessions we may get ghosted and then a client will pop back up um, mm-hmm. months later so I mean it's just part of human nature I think yeah
0: well Thank you again, Laquista, for being on. This has been such a wonderful conversation. Uh, If people are looking to, you know, find you, learn more about you, maybe once you're taking clients and not so full, work with you, where can people find you? Um, So my social media
1: is at Laquista Arena on all platforms. So Instagram. Facebook and then my website is laquistaarena.com and mm-hmm. then laquistaarena So my mm-hmm. name is really complicated to so spell. I need to figure that out. But at Laquista Arena, I think I'm the only one. Um, there are lots of Laquistas, but there's only one Laquista Arena.
0: Love it. And I will make sure I put it in the show notes. So wherever mm-hmm. people are either watching or listening to this, uh, they will be able to find you. But thank you again so much. Uh, I really appreciate your insights, your wisdom, as well as your honesty and vulnerability. I think this was a really wonderful conversation.
1: Yeah, I enjoyed it. Thank you so much, Ashley.
0: You've just finished another episode of the Healthy Women Warriors podcast. If you like the show, can you do me a favor? Go rate and review it. I would really appreciate it. And once you do, post a picture and tag at Ash McGee Coach so I can shout you out. Talk to you next week.